Dennis Tucker magic there. What a strike. Wingard the steal. Hawthorne the lead. Deere was there. Tidies up. Gunston. Hamill over the top. Buopolo good hands. Shields comes through. No problems at all. Now the long ball run ahead the target. Jones did well. Off hands. It comes to Lewis. And he goes. Plowman sends it long and deep. And Mark will get a shot. Goal. Siren sounds. Siren sounds. Carlton have been beaten. Hawks have got up by five points. It was a tale of two halves in Tassie, the Hawks turning the game on its head to somehow run out five-point winners over Carlton. To whom do we owe this most unlikely victory? Liam Shields showed he hadn't missed a beat, Sicily stood up yet again, and a little O'Meara magic made all the difference. There's definitely a lot to talk about with this one, so let's get down to business here on the Hawk Talk podcast, the go-to show for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. My name is Nick Mason, and I'm joined by a man who seemed to think it was all over early in the piece, and fair enough, Tiz. That's a nice shove in the back. What, what's that? <laughs> um, well, look, it's on uh, a website you might know, twitter.com, for all to see. It's up there. Uh, you were pretty down on the team, as much as I was, I must oh, admit. Oh, wow. We were very awful. <laughs> it's pretty at light. We had three blokes trying. Mm-hmm. Two in the back half and one in the centre. O'Meara, Scrimshaw and Sicily. <laughs> That's right. They're the yep. only ones exerting themselves on any contests. Mm. And uh, Clarko comes out and says, we did some soul-searching at halftime, and apparently that's all you need. <laughs> well, well, I was going to ask, what exactly sparked the fight back uh, that very few Hawks fans actually expected? I know I didn't. And this comes from the coach himself, Alistair Clarkson, as he so rightly put it. In the main break, he said, 15 or 20 minutes of soul-searching occurred, not from me to the players, but more the players themselves, to say they're proud <laughs> men <laughs> who weren't playing to the level that they're usually capable of playing to. Now, Tiz, are we buying any of this? or? Well, I, I doubt it's like the uh, sort of yin and yang soul-searching <laughs> yeah, right. that we might envisage that yeah. uh, these new-age guys would be, you know... Yeah, it's, on. It, it's soul searching in the in the at sense, extreme volume. Well, yes. it's in the sense of where the <laughs> f- is your soul, basically. <laughs> oh, well, it was they were very much backward in coming forward that first quarter, mm. and then the second quarter they seemed to be even more lackluster. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. It wasn't like they got the wind up from a quarter time. They continued in the same vein. Carlton kicked the next two goals. Oh yeah, it looked like nothing had changed. Clarkson admits that he changed basically nothing in the structures. That's <laughs> a curious tactic, isn't it? Um, it's very strange. He's just put all the emphasis on the lack of effort from the playing group. Does that, uh, it sort of speaks to that classic Clarko stubbornness of, well, I've done my bit, well, so it's I, up to you blokes. I think it just underlines that they don't listen to us. <laughs> yeah, we that's told them, don't be complacent and you'll win. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We even said that. And they were complacent. Yep. Well, it, it's the kind of play that everyone sort of feared well, heading into Because a, lo- a lot yeah. of Hawks fans feared this was a danger game. And the first and second quarter, you're like, yep, well, this is everything that I was nervous about. Yep, this is North Melbourne all over again from yep. last year. I think it was round five last year. That's round right, six yeah. this year, we hardly turned up. Mm. Now, at the end of that game, Clarko blamed his selections. Right. Um, so he took it upon himself that it was his fault. But this time, seeing they won... <laughs> He's a genius. Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, he said that the players did it themselves. So you see how he's protecting the psyche of the players there? It's interesting. Yeah, I guess. It's interesting from him. But I thought at halftime, looking as slow as we did mm. and as outcompeted in the air as we were, mm. especially in the forward line, that he had got the selections wrong again. Yeah, you tweeted out as much. I remember reading that you felt we lost at the selection table. And I thought, hmm... Intriguing. I look forward to picking his brains on that. Well, if you'd watched uh, Morrison the game the day earlier... Yeah, at Box Hill. It was quite evident that he was not tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. He had a blinder. And he definitely wants back in. He doesn't want to be hanging around at Box Hill City Oval, no matter how well he sees the goals there. (laughs) That's right. Well, we'll get to that recap later. And indeed, the, uh, the recap of our... Slight win over Carlton. We'll just get to some social media stuff first. Now, iTunes, you can rate and review us. Jump on there and rate and review us. Really appreciate it. We're up to 139 ratings, Tiz. Unfortunately, there'll be no segment this week as no player in Hawthorne's history has played exactly 139 games or kicked exactly 139 goals. 
And uh, I've got nowhere to go from there, unfortunately. You'd be sad it's to hear this. It's a real shame. <laughs> We've also got Twitter, at HawkTalkPod. Now, we were live tweeting the game, and there was plenty to talk about with fellow Hawks fans, in both halves, really. Uh, I, I would say... The uh, first half, how good Carlton are. <laughs> well, I, I had to give Carlton credit. I thought they had a sussed perfectly well. And I thought, well, we were trashed. It was... Well, I mean, there were some really bad pieces of play where the backmen didn't have any synergy between them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Timmy and Brand and even Stratton looked vulnerable. Yes, that's true. Um, but they pulled that together. And Sisley was magnificent again. He was. We'll get to that. Uh, there was there was just plenty to talk about on Twitter, and uh, we love chatting with our listeners at Hawk Talk Pod. You can find us on there. Find us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod. What about Harry Mackay? Bloody good player. He is a bloody good player. Thank well, goodness Kerno dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, because uh, they would have had Kerno, um, Mitch McGovern. Yeah. And Kaz Bolt. There's a lot of ability and a lot of big bodies there that I don't think we're able to go with. I think Cruiser was playing below his knees. It's yeah. ridiculous. Brand was on um, Mackay most of the time, wasn't he? Uh, he was on Mackay and uh, Stratton took. Uh, what's his name? Mitch McGowan, I think. Yeah, because I mean, Brand, the, the height differential between even Brand and Mackay just was a bit obvious. He's a bit imposing, Mackay, and he kicks he really well. Like yeah. I've never seen someone kick that well mm. at uh, in their first game at Tassie. Yeah, he's a uh... odd sort of hoof on it too. It didn't <laughs> didn't sail high. He kept it low. Mm. Yeah, he's... and then bloody Silvani kicked one out his ass. Oh, yeah, that was a given, wasn't it? <sighs> anyway. You're still frustrated, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Mostly because it doesn't feel like we won? Is that it? Because that's the feeling I have. I feel like I, we dodged a bullet. It's like the most wonderful victory, though. It is It is a wonderful form of victory to be <laughs> five goals down, even six nearly, wasn't mm. it? Well, it was six, I think. It yeah. was six. And, uh, and then they hit the post and take a mark barely a second or milliseconds <laughs> after the siren. Yeah. From a bloke that's already kicked two from the same position. Would have been really good for uh, Channel 7 to, I don't know, show the umpires or something actually calling full-time, just to <laughs> let me know, just to put it beyond a shadow of a doubt that the game was in fact over and it wasn't a mark to Carlton. Because there was a split second, I don't know about <laughs> everyone else, but there was a split second for me that was like, oh no, oh they're going to do it, they're really going to pay the mark. Wow. I was very concerned for a split second, but uh, no, we came away with... Uh, it wasn't really a satisfactory victory. It was it was relief more for me. No, that's a um, that's a great spiritual victory from the boys. You got to look at yeah. got to look at the young players who stood up. That's true. And bloody uh, Omira was unbelievable. Well, and then he... Liam Shields decided that you know this was he was going to make this game work for us. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's get to Jager first, who was just pure magic. He was irrepressible. His shoulders would ache after that game, because he carried the team all day. It wasn't just like a little cameo appearance. We're we talking Brownlows here, because very well, Mitchell-like Yeah, it was, actually. That is a great way of putting it. Uh, it was his arg- arguably his greatest individual game since he arrived at the club. Now, to half-time, he was already by some stretch our best player. Uh, he finished with personal best, 42 touches, 23 of those contested. And on top of that, he had nine clearances, six inside 50s, and a goal. And he was involved in... 10 score chains. Wow. Just ridiculous stats. I mean, what more can the man do? I mean, in, in effect, he won us the game, so he didn't have to do any more. But, uh, I mean, that's just outrageous from one player. So his disposal efficiency, 64%. Not the best. And he made a couple of uh, mistakes. but Yeah, there are a couple of clangers involved. But he's yeah. also taken eight marks mm-hmm. and given one direct assist for goal. Yep. So who gets best on ground? It's a tough one. I'm torn because I really liked the game of Liam Shields as well. Now, I know Omira got the medal in the end. Shields had 12 touches in that third quarter. Really? There you go. So that's when things really turned around for us. So it's nice to know he figured so prominently in that fight back. He, specifically. Al- he also gained more metres than Jager. Okay. But uh, look at Bruce. He's got four touches to half time, and then he gets four in the third and six in the last. Hmm. He just decided to turn it on, didn't he? He needed to. He was basically invisible up to a point, and then uh, he kicked three goals. I love that he can do that, but it also frustrates me. He's been a frustrating player for me. 
this year. Luke Bruce is one of my favourite players of this Hawthorne outfit, and he's not had a good season. And it's a tough ask, because, I mean, he's coming off an all-Australian season. Same as Gunston. I know Gunston's come in for a bit of flack as well. Uh, we've got super high standards for them in 2019, and uh, they all they kind of both look all out of sorts. But at least Bruce was able to do something. He was a, he was a key figure in that fight back in the end. And as for the other score involvements, you've got to look at Scully with his seven and Puopolo with seven. Puopolo had seven score involvements. And four, wow. four assists. Okay. So he kept going all day, little Poppy. Doesn't, he only had ten touches. But I was going to say, it seems like a quiet day for him, but there you go. Flew under the radar. He definitely has his, has his moments. How good. And uh, what happened in your lounge room <laughs> when uh, Mitch Lewis decided that he'd put that one through in the last quarter? Because Jared Ruffhead got airtime jumping into Lewis's arms. Did you notice that? I did. I have to go back and watch it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. He doesn't leave the ground often, but that was great. (laughs) I was uh, pretty pleased. I think I tweeted. Pretty pleased. I I, I think I tweeted, and Uh, this is a direct quote, Ooh, that switch to Mitch. (laughs) Get very excited about Mitch Lewis here on this podcast. I want to circle back around to Liam Shields because uh, his stats are definitely worth a mention. I mean, 26 touches for Shields at 80.8% disposal efficiency. Just one clanger for the afternoon. Just one mistake. No worries. Uh, Seven marks, six clearances, five inside 50s, three goals straight and a goal assist. And led the team for tackles as well with nine. Did he have nine tackles? Nine tackles. That is ridiculous. Led the way. His uh, pressure points must be unbelievable. So he got pressure points of 61, 65. He was just outshadowed by Warple. That's right. Yep. Wow. Now, we all know that this tackling game is well within Shields' wheelhouse, but you probably don't expect it coming off a hamstring injury. You, You probably think he might just ease back into things, but no, he had a ripper of a game, Shields. Yeah, it didn't seem to bother him, did it? Mind you, there does seem to be a few players that are bothered or hampered by injury running around out there. Smith and Gunners spring to mind. What's wrong with Gunners' kicking style at the moment? In that he can't put through a goal to save himself. Yeah, he seems to lack penetration with his kicks. Yeah. Could be the reason that he is playing off the half-back line. Maybe, maybe. But we seemed very happy to play him up forward at times as well. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what's going on with him this season. And as for Smith, Smith doesn't seem particularly effective. He's... He turned it on in the third, got eight touches. Yep, yep. I don't know. And then Henderson had his down game after all those weeks of being sensational. Yeah, I think we can let him off the hook after five straight weeks of being an absolute superstar. But he tried, didn't he? And he backed back into a couple of packs, Hendo. And... Well, well, he did. Because I, I want to give an honourable mention uh, to the trio of Hendo, Smith and Scully. Because I think they all worked hard. None of them were absolutely dismal. I think they all kind of worked to a level together that helped us over the line. I don't think anyone was awful. Can I say workmanlike, that victory? I think so. Because there yeah. were no chains where I was like, oh, that was really good. Oh, there was that one, I think at the start of the third, uh, where Carlton just had no answer. We moved, I think, just uh, uncontested possession to uncontested possession all the way up the field to, I think it might have been Scully in the goal square. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one, the Blues had no answer for that. No team would be able to stop that. So, no, I was pretty pleased with that. Uh, let's highlight the game of James Sicily as well. Now, he's officially Hawthorne's efficiency king in 2019. I think he's dethroned Blake Hardwick now, officially. Uh, <laughs> 27 touches and 92.6% disposal efficiency on this occasion. Led the field for marks. He brought down 12 for the afternoon. It must be said, Tiz, stood tall at crucial moments as well, right at the end. Yeah. Seven rebound 50s and... Although he kept kicking it back to him. Well, that, that didn't help. It's true. <laughs> we, we might have played smarter in those closing moments of that game, but apparently not. Uh, Sicily had 94% game time as well. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. I guess we learnt from Monday that we can't afford to have him on the pine. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was, uh, he was essential when it mattered most. Uh, some more honourable mentions. Ben McAvoy, I think he uh, he had his work cut out for him with a tough opponent in Cruiser, who I don't normally hold in that high regard. But I thought Cruiser... Oh, no, Cruiser's always been pretty much elite when he's not injured. Um, well, maybe that's it. Maybe that's just getting in the way he, for me. He's bloody good. Um, we, I think we even tried to pull him out of Carlton at one point. Oh, there you go. Um, we promised him that we could get his body right, but apparently it meant nothing to him, so um, <laughs> he went down again. So they were left with one on the bench in that last quarter. Yes. Which just indicates 
they're going to be a very good side. I think so. They're yeah. going to catch a lot of opponents unawares. Mm. Some of their chains were much better than ours. Oh, Carlton. They you know, looked really good. Yeah, Carlton looked pretty good. I, I'm not discrediting. We it. made them look good. Well, true. Right. I think it's a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B, personally. But you can't really discredit Carlton in this game. I mean, we only just got over the line. I know, that obviously, they conceded a lot in that third quarter to let us back in. But I don't know. It's As a Carlton fan... They nearly snatched it back. Well, yeah. As a Carlton fan, are you that disappointed? With one rotation. <laughs> well, that's right. But, I mean, mate, it's about time we had things go our way in that respect, isn't it? Yeah. It did have a bit of... Uh... Bit of a feeling like um, the opposite of the St Kilda game, didn't it? That's right, yeah. Sort of balancing the karmic scales a bit. <laughs> uh, now, we, uh, we've mentioned Bruce, obviously. Uh, Warpole, I felt, in that third quarter really lifted his work rate, only to be undermined by poor disposal efficiency. Yep. But Getting uh, worse, actually. Yeah? What was he last week? Oh, just from a... And not from a statistical point of view, but from watching it, I'm just thinking gee, you're wasting the ball a lot now, James. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a fair comment. But he's having a crack at least. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, his development's you, you could beautiful. See. But if he could lower his eyes every now and again. True, true. You could see he was everywhere. He finished with 14 contested possessions. You just want more of them to be to us. But it is, <laughs> it is absolutely ridiculous when I read this out. Two touches in the first, four in the second, 12 in the third, and three oh. in the last. Talk about flicking a switch, Nick. T- talk, about, <laughs> talk about soul searching, Tiz. <laughs> uh, now, Impy uh, was much celebrated on Twitter. Uh, a bit of an yeah, oversight of not mine. Not in at the, the time. media. No, and, and an oversight of the media as well. So I don't feel there too bad. There was a wonderful about that. intercept off the halfback flank he did yes. in that last quarter that was critical. Yeah, he was. Uh, it was good all day, I felt, but he went from dependable to just downright vital. 93% disposal efficiency as well. Uh, and that dash through the middle of the ground was uh, sensational to see. I, oh, I was nervous, though. I thought he was going to get caught. Well, he had a few intercept possessions. He had eight intercept possessions, eight contested possessions. He had a th- three intercept marks. This is very good numbers from a half-back player whose who's also design is to to stop his opponent from scoring. This is a bloke last year whose disposal efficiency we criticised so much that he almost got dropped. True story. Yep, absolutely. That was so definitely a storyline of last year. he completely rebounded from that and he looks like a fantastic recruit. Been a bit of a reinvention of Jarman Impey, really. Is that, did, did we, did well, did anyone pick that this was going to be his role? Well, I, I think Kakoda's been the making of him. What do you reckon? Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> or Wings at the club, one of his best mates. True, they, that could help. That could help. Yeah, well, he, he certainly seems focused and determined for a young man. So I want to take a tweet from uh, Ben now at Hawk Talk Pod. Uh, he won't get many mentions behind the games of Jager, Shields, etc. But Tom Scully was huge today. Lots of rewarded and unrewarded running. Loving what I'm seeing. Tiz, how do you think uh, Scully's fitting into the team so far? Well, his contested is eight and his uncontested is 16. His game is the 16, but his commitment is the 8. That's how I'd put that. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, of course, we read out before that he had seven score involvements. So mm. this guy, he is a he is a number one pick, mm-hmm. and he's showing us why. Just imagine when it all clicks together and it all starts to work, eh? Yeah, I'm sick of imagining that because... Oh, I'm right there with you. I mean, it's round six. It's just <laughs> been and gone, and I'm getting tired as well. I want to start <laughs> seeing some good Hawthorne play. Just seems so few and far between right now. But he's dependable. Every time he gets the ball, you know that he's not going to bugger it up. That's true. No. I mean, if anyone had given you the option a couple of years ago of taking Scully, mm. wow. <laughs> Who would have thought we got rid of Hill, suddenly Scully's on the list? We heard from Justin as well at Hawk Talk Pod. It was a relief to win, but no happiness with it. Carlton had won, what, like four out of 38 games, and we win by the skin of our teeth. For a quarter and a half, we ran and carried the ball, honoured leads, and an open forward line where forwards could find space instead of bombing the ball. Now, uh, this sort of tapped into your frustrations with our forward line, Tiz. You were very much uh, annoyed with our forward line set up and, I guess, the lack of structure or system. Well, I know that Pagan's Paddock is sort of the very, very distant past. Mm. But, my goodness, doesn't it work well? <laughs> <laughs> or just over the back. Just having space there yeah. makes us look so much more vibrant. I mean, it, it, 
they can if the players if the defenders are turning their back on the play mm. to run back with the flight of the ball, that's mm. almost a victory in itself. Because those young Carlton defenders and our defenders that we saw when we turned our back to the ball how bad we were. Oh yeah. Yep. So that's that's half the battle really. If that happens you got a fifty fifty, I reckon, between scoring or them putting it over the line and you get to reset. I think that is the game plan with our attacks, and I'm not fond of it, I've got to be honest, because I don't think it comes off most of the time. And I think clubs have it figured out. I think mm. Carlton, a few lapses where it worked our way, but I don't think we're going to get away with that trash. We've got to figure out something else, because this, this game, I, I sort of get where Justin's coming from, because I feel like we dodged a bullet a bit. Uh, and I'd, I'd be hard-pressed oh. to find any Hawks fans who are over the moon with what they saw. I mean, great effort to get back into it, but, jeez, it was this Carlton, This Carlton aren't the team that you pile-drive into the ground True. for the whole game. Not anymore. I miss those guys. <laughs> I mean, we've got a lot of victories against these fellas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so why can't we keep it going? Oh, wait, we did. That it, that's, the comp- <laughs> that's the complacency I'm talking about. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we heard from Rick at Hawk Talk Pod. Is there any chance of us playing for a full four quarters? Playing a bit here and there isn't going to get us anywhere. Or am I being too harsh on our group who are still gelling? We're not a particularly dependable team at round But he's six. good at that. Did you see him get in the way of a few Carlton players? Well, seems to be. <laughs> <laughs> seems to be part of his... That's his MO. Yeah. He Just intercepted a couple of kicks. He also, <laughs> also apparently, Sam Petrescu's suit and cannot see when he has the ball. <laughs> He was right in front of him. He handballed straight to Wingard. That was great. Great steal. <laughs> right in the goal square. I could not believe it. I think at the moment, the problem with Hawthorne, and what's got to be frustrating for supporters as well, is we have a lack of in-game consistency and week-to-week consistency. Those two together, it just spells annoyance and irritation for people well, watching. I think a lot of people are very, very unimpressed with the lack of what seems to be professionalism on the field. But you've got to mm. remember, these boys aren't getting the intelligence from the, uh, the runners the runners anymore, mm. or the box. And that's why Clarko was down on the boundary line. But he's having, he had no impact there. Yeah, did, you, did you see him elicit any response from the players? No. Um, you want to see him Until back in half the box. time. Yeah, go and sit in the box and actually... Do your analytics, work out what the hell's going wrong. I'm not saying he didn't know what wasn't working. No, no. no I'm no. just saying him being on the boundary line wasn't improving the situation. Well, from my perspective, how often have we seen seen him on the boundary line in the how many years he's been coaching now? I mean... Why change? If it ain't broke, <laughs> get back in the box, mate. That's where you do your best work. We know this. Yeah, you're not good one. Oh, we'll get to him. Right, there's, <laughs> there's apparently, before we get to it, uh, later on, but the rift between McCartney and Goodwin is oh. a thing of beauty, apparently. Oh, we'll get stuck into that. We heard from Nicholas Horsley as well. Uh, at Hawk Talk Pod, we shouldn't undersell the job Dan Howe did on Cripps. Liked his game. Now, Tiz, what do you reckon? Well, Dan would have been wondering what was coming his way after he broke one bloke's leg and smashed the jaw of the other guy in the last contest. No repercussions whatsoever, <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> And uh, he did look a little bit, you know, jumpy at the beginning, but he played mm. very well. I thought he had, he got more possessions than Cripps. Is that right? No, I don't think so. But he held his own. He got 19 of his own, 78.9% disposal efficiency, eight of those contested. Now, I think Cripps had something like 28, I think his high 20s. But it was it was noticeable that Cripps didn't dominate as you might have expected. So that was a plus. Yeah. So is he back in favour now, Dan Howe? Has he cemented a spot in the 22, you reckon? Yeah, probably. Hmm. He also managed to get a free kick out of Cripps there. That was a very little nuanced, I'm not actually going to pick up the ball here, take me down. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Now I know the one. I was struggling for a sec, but now I know exactly the, the moment you're talking about. We heard from Carlo as well at Hawk Talk Pod. Let's talk about Chad. Baby. <laughs> Four games into his Hawthorne career. Early days. Two games with individual brilliance. Two games gone missing. Are we happy with how he's tracking? Is his contribution good enough thus far? Uh, the question is, is he happy? And the answer is no. Now hold the phone. What are you talking about? He's not happy. He doesn't look happy. Based on what? General mannerisms. All you right. haven't seen the, the Chad Wingard that, you know, split uh, Burgoyne down the middle and kicked a goal, have you? Well, Remember I mean, that? Well, it's, it's absolute w- bastardry. <laughs> I want to see that, but for us. 
Well, I think Carlo's right. It is early days. My personal opinion is it's probably way too early to make a call. Didn't have a preseason. Well, He's still getting his fitness up. And, I'm and, actually very surprised with the 84 because I didn't think he was out there all that long. No, same. But uh, you've got to look at it at the broader picture, and that is our forward line has not hit its straps. It's got so much potential in terms of the star power that's out in the park and what it's doing. It's it's an absolute shambles out. It's dysfunctional. So I think that's really obscuring, you know, our potential to see the best that Wingard has to bring. It's He's nowhere near gotten started yet with Hawthorne. I forgot to mention earlier, I did I did actually write this down, but I forgot it. Mm. Uh, Liam Shields. Yes. 77% game time. It's basically Ooh. a quarter on the pine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he still did what he did. With those numbers, bloody brilliant. But uh, let's get back to Wingard. <laughs> <laughs> let's return to our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, look, as I said, I suspect we're not getting the best out of him. As we're, we're struggling to see that with Bruce, Gunston, Poppy, I don't think it's a coincidence that he is in a long line of players that all happen to be you know, positioned forward that aren't really giving us the output that we're necessarily used to. So I think you can blame the system over the individual at this point. Well, I did like when they pushed him further afield mm-hmm. and he, he managed to put through a couple of lovely passes and also yes. intercept uh, the attacks from Carlton or the at least the outside 50 ball movement. Mm-hmm. Was, um, was there any remarks you'd like to make about Mitchell, Lewis? <laughs> Do you mean Lewis Mitchell? Uh, look, um, he didn't set the world on fire or anything, but he was good for a goal, wasn't he? Kicked a lovely goal. Yeah, at a crucial time. So He had a couple of scoring chains, did he not? Yeah, he was involved in two scoring chains. Yeah. I saw him sort of use his bulk a couple of times, which yeah, was great I, I to see. Yeah, I liked see. that. I liked yeah. that. Uh, it, his commitment to the contest is something I like. You've got to remember he only had 60% game time. Yep. So he wasn't out there all that much. But when he was there and involved, mm. I like his commitment. Yeah, I'd like to echo that. And also, I think he needs more space. He's the most damaging when he's won out. And he's not even had a look at that yet, really, Mitch Lewis. He seems to always be in pack marks and he's he's just being crowded the whole time. So, I don't know. It plays into that forward structure and our system going forward again. If, if they can work that out, I think he'd be very damaging. But, uh, yeah. Look, I mean, it's the same we couldn't see the Twin Towers, Lewis and Nash. Oh, those Twin Towers. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Segler and... <laughs> Nash. Yes. No. <laughs> oh, God. How, were you convinced that Nash was going to come back in the team or were you just trolling on Twitter? Well, um, they both travelled. Segler and yeah, Nash that's right. both yeah. travelled to Tassie. So I more or less assumed that uh, McAvoy was a red herring. Yes, yeah, we both did. Um, and then neither of them... Well, they both get time off this week. Neither of them get any game time. Mm. So, which is basically what I thought Nash needed at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. So, I thought at least he might have played at Box Hill. Well, Nash might get a reprieve this week because he got at least one spot to fill. With uh, oh, this is garbage. James Cousins being suspended. Now we heard from oh. Sam, uh, who tweeted, uh, "I don't agree with Cousins getting a week." And listeners, he did get a week for that minor indiscretion. If you're just catching up with the news. James Cousins suspended a week. Thought it was something in the contest, continues Sam, and or he was trying to protect himself from further contact. And yet we see players using pretty forceful cheap shots way off the ball for a fine. In the AFL, I guess it's who you are and who you know. It's very similar to the Ben Cunnington incident, mm. which which he was exonerated from. So, Who knew that playing AFLX would come in handy for Tom Hawkins and Paddy Dangerfield, eh? Is that... What, what do you mean? Well, I mean... Patrick Dangerfield elects to participate in AFL. It's got AFLX. nothing to do with that. He's just wearing the right team colours. Oh, mate. No. You get 50 grand plus perks. <laughs> he's, he's done something for the AFL. Perks. And, and they've rewarded him handsomely. I don't think Cunnington played. Well, Cunnington maybe not. But well, you've got two pretty significant examples no, that affects no, no. This, the team on top of the ladder. This reeks of trying to give Melbourne a win. Oh, they've got 10 days... On our, what is it, six? Yeah. They've got 10 days on our six for yeah. recovery. So this comes under the equalisation policy. They've got no Viney now because a first-year player ran him through. <laughs> what is he, in his fourth game or something and he takes Viney's AC joint out? 
I mean, yeah. what is Viney doing? Is anyone actually talking to Viney at that point? He's gathered the ball, running away mm. from the contest. No one's like, heads up, Viney, someone's going to belt you. Then, bam, you've been stacked. <laughs> I mean, it looked great. Oh, yeah. But uh, that there's an image. Have you seen the image with Viney sitting on his ass? Yes, I Middle of the G. <laughs> and Stack looking over his shoulder at him. <laughs> It's it's ripe for a meme, isn't it? It's a wonderful meme. We'll get some good meme mileage out of that, I reckon. <laughs> Especially this week when we play them. But uh, that, isn't that just indicative of where Melbourne are at? There's no talk to let him know or anything like that. Just vulnerable, I guess you'd call it. The 666 has really damaged Melbourne's game plan. And they're, mm. they're not coping at all. A little surprising that no one in the media picked up that that might be the case. I mean, they all had them pegged as premiership contenders. Well, they sort of mentioned that um, Richmond and Melbourne would probably suffer from the 666 I remember the way saying they that, structure up. I remember them saying that about Richmond, but I think most people were pretty high on Melbourne in the preseason. Oh, yeah, they were talking premierships. Yeah. It's just wonderful. Anytime someone mentions the P word at Melbourne. Oh. <laughs> Let's circle back around to the point now with Cousins. Uh, we heard from Nick Rance as well at Hawk Talk Pod. Cousins out for a week. Got to be honest, he was the least likely Hawthorne player I would have seen being suspended this year, but here we are. Who comes in? Oh, that's all. That's a wonderful challenge. The least likely to be suspended, Hawker. Should we throw that open to the to the people, to the listeners? At Hawk Talk Pod, if you've got your nominations. Who do you think it would be? Connor Nash. Connor Nash. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would have thought it was someone someone smaller who Maybe. would be less likely to. Cause, yeah, yeah. Because he could, he could just... Yeah, Nash could do some yeah. bash and crash, some yeah. damage. He'd only have to miscalculate and... <laughs> And he hits a pretty high top speed, does it's Connor. It's probably so. Burgoyne, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's Burgoyne. He's a bit of a goody two Way shoes. too controlled. Yeah. He'd probably get off. Incredibly disciplined. It would never even come to that. It'd never even happen. All right, Poppy, well, Poppy's up there as well. Uh, don't tweet in, listeners, about <laughs> we've already <laughs> sold really the boy. poor poll. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now, who comes in, asks Nick Rance. I don't think we'll uh, challenge Cousins' suspension. I think he might be right. If it were you, though, Tiz, would you challenge the suspension, the one-week suspension that's been handed down? Does it become two? I'm not sure. I'm not actually sure what the case is there. I think that is the penalty, so you probably would not challenge that. From my perspective... Got GWS after Melbourne. Well, that's true. Uh, it's probably a blessing in disguise for Cousins. I mean, he tweaked his ankle yet again on the weekend after sustaining a that's bit of an true. injury. yeah. Against the Saints. So uh, I think, you know, as weeks off go, it might come at an appropriate time. So you think he thought, oh, well, got a week off anyway? <laughs> I don't think he thought that. I just think it's uh, surprisingly fortuitous that he Better might not be Better stimulate this bloke into kicking a, you know, last quarter goal. Mm, maybe reading into it a little bit too much. <laughs> I'm not sure we'll have a problem replacing him either because we've got Burgoyne, speaking of, who's, uh, he must be... Not going to play twos then. Uh, He's one player you're not going to bring because you famously said, "Yeah, I, I, know, I know what you're doing." Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. I know what you're doing. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get you back before the episode's over. You know that, right? <laughs> All right. Well, let's just say this: <laughs> there aren't many talls in Melbourne's forward line. Mm-hmm. Bruce is injured, so he won't be coming in. Mm-hmm. They got that McDonald boy, yep. and then they've got the uh, the bloke that tore us up last year in the finals. What's his name? Wiedemann. Yes. So. You probably do we retain Timmy? I would say so. Yeah. Okay. At this stage, yeah. I mean, how did you rate his game? Well, okay. Let's get to Twitter with this one. Max Sood at Hawk Talk Pod asks Tim O'Brien as a defender. What's your take? And in addition to that, we heard from Darcy. What did you guys think of TOB's performance? Had a turnover which could have been costly if the Carlton finish was better. But besides that, I wasn't that unimpressed with him. Is that good enough, though, to be not that unimpressed? For a defender, you never see them come in and really dominate a game. No, that's true. I thought his timing in the air is excellent. Mm-hmm. I think players around him know that he's not so great when the <laughs> ball comes to ground. Mm-hmm. They, they, they know what to expect. And they like sort that. of freeze a little bit. Yeah. You notice how whenever he seems to handball to someone, they always stop still. Yeah, I do <laughs> notice that, actually. <laughs> and it's not necessarily his fault that they're still. Mm. It's just that they're waiting for him to finally get it out. To it's, it's conditioned behaviour. <laughs> it's it's interesting, though. And I yeah. think that'll improve as long as they give him a little bit of time there. But I, I don't know that they, that they will. You think he might miss out for, against Melbourne? Famously, Melbourne's his... That's his big chance. That's when he goes he, forward, yeah. He impresses most against Melbourne. <laughs> and Carlton. Yeah, that, well, that's right. Uh, he, remember, he, he 
he uh, ripped up Carlton that uh, Eddie had one day. Just um, taking everything on the wing. We do forget these things. It was hard to find faults with his game yesterday, though. 16 touches at 81.3% disposal efficiency and just the one clanger. Granted, it was that big one that Darcy refers to that could have been very costly. He didn't give away any frees. He put us inside 50 a couple of times. He led the team for one percenters. Did he? Yep, with eight. So, I mean, in my humble opinion, he was fine. And you've got to say, Tiz, that's a step up from the total disaster people expect when he's, whenever he's selected. Sorry about that, Nick. My phone's just blinged. What's that? Has it? Oh, it's Ben McAvoy on the line. No. <laughs> no. It says here, re-signed until 2020. All right. Well, there you go. Breaking news on the podcast. That's... Uh... It's good that you had your phone handy. We might have missed that and not <laughs> yeah, mentioned it at all. Broke the rules, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I didn't mean to apply that. No, so big boy for another year. That's pretty good. So he joins Ben Stratton in... Um, <laughs> with one more year. With one Our more captain. year. Yeah. <laughs> what are in the T and C to make these guys extend for one year at a time? I don't know. It's almost like we're uh, saving up for something, Tiz. Yeah. It is interesting. It's very strange. I wonder what it could be. Oh, well, dot, 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 eh? <laughs> yeah, I think we might get an answer to that sooner rather than later. See the end of the year, but... Oh, it might be a mid-season thing. Well, we know by now to trust the behind-the-scenes folk, yeah? We're pretty confident with what the club's doing at this point. Yeah, yeah. We like how they buddy up, you know? They're good. <laughs> oh, not this again. <laughs> Jeez, he might well leave if they continue the way they are, though, Sydney. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, no, Sam Reed. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, no. Don't worry about it, mate. Ugh. He looked great. Apparently, they were training, you know, him in, in how to mark the ball during the week and apparently paid dividends. Paid dividends. Where is that clinic? And can Tim O'Brien go? <laughs> Sorry, I just needed... <laughs> oh, that's a bit rough. I needed to seg back to the Tim O'Brien stuff. You I didn't, needed a though. segue. You didn't, I though. did. All right, so fight, your, your conclusion is that Tim O'Brien's going to lose his spot this week. I think... Given the matchups, perhaps he does. Okay. But I'd like to see Hawthorne back him in for another week because I think he, he deserved it. You've got to remember how much pressure Tim would have put on himself for that match. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's his first crack at the seniors. For, for uh, a long time. And yeah, he's gone back to the twos and yep, had probably to re- didn't... reinvent himself as well, a defender. He, he probably didn't feel he, he deserved that second year after his form last mm. year. Yep. Uh, and he's gone and reinvented himself and done all the hard yards down there. Mm. Well, I don't think he did any harm Having in, in said trying that, to retain his spot. David Mirror did get cited. Yes. So they may need him in Box Hill. Well, that's true. <laughs> did, did you see... Cause, How bad would you feel? Well, hmm. what was Getting that for? Getting dropped for need at Box Hill level. <laughs> what What was that uh, What was that for, the Mirror report at Box Hill? Uh, head high contact. Right. The commentators on... Uh, I, I use the term loosely on 3WBC. Uh, is, that, is that the station that we... Yeah, yeah, three WBC ninety four point one, the it's, voice of the East. It's hard to know what they take seriously and, and what should be underlined. Is it like a real talking point? Because they didn't seem to make much of the mirror thing. But uh, you no, might. they said it was the only time it ever been reported ever. Yeah, and that he, it was he's a, been a saint. It was a travesty that anything like that should have occurred to him. It's a little bit of bias though coming from the commentators though, right? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Well, they've only voted him for the Anzac Medal about ten years running, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> they love him down there, and fair enough too. He's an absolute charismatic, brilliant leader down at, yep. down at uh, uh, Box Hill. That is true. So, I mean, O'Brien might have to come back. We we wait to see the outcome oh, of that on. one. I was being facetious. Oh, well, I don't know. He might. He might. They'll have play to. Nash at centre half back and forget about him. <laughs> Oh, well, we wait to see what happens with Nash as well. Uh, we heard from Alex again. You'd be pleased to hear. Do you remember Alex? He's uh... who's, who's Alex? So he's our favourite international listener, oh, I reckon, just about. Yeah. Uh, so did Alex... Get, what did we do wrong this week, Alex? <laughs> no, no, don't use oh, Nee Hao Boys. Yeah, there we he's, go. He's gone for a bit of Mandarin this week. Nee Hao Boys. Amazing how one player, Liam Shields, can positively impact so many other matchups. For example, O'Meara, Warple and Howe. Scrimshaw is getting better every week. T.O.B. was solid up back. Does he stay over Nash? Time for Poppy to give some other guys time to develop. Example, Minchington, Ross, Jones, he puts up. So Alex has hit us with a few talking points there. Poppy's work ethic is incredible. I must admit, uh, reviewing this game for myself, I did overlook 
the contribution that Puapolo had to our win. I didn't think he was setting the world on fire. I he thought he had them jumping. He had them jumping at shadows, Poppy. Mm. Those, which is exactly not that, what he's there for. Not that young anymore, but those backmen at Carlton. When is it going to be time to give someone else a go, though? Like, Puapolo can't hold oh, his spot all year. He'll surely. get injured. He's over thirty, yeah. so he's going to give someone a look at some point. Minchington kicked a lovely goal from the boundary line mm-hmm. in the box. In the box hill, and I think uh, Jones got two, didn't he? Harry Jones kicked two for the day. So yes, Jones kicked two for the day. Two, ten tackles, twenty-two touches. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Some of these kids knocking on the door. Well, that's exactly what we want. Yeah, that's but, the best position to be in. So let's just review that wonderful Anzac match. Yeah, right. Let's get into it. Saturday, one o'clock. Box Hill Hawks, 16, 12, 108, beat the Coburg Lions, 8, 9, 57. Uh, Dylan Moore kicked three. Harry Morrison kicked three. Will Golds kicked two. One of two. your boys. <laughs> I tell you what, he, he could be anything. He's got some kind of, um, you know, that ability to find space in traffic? Mm, yeah. Mm. He's got that. Harry Jones, two. Matt Walker, remember him with the number 33 on his back? I do. He kicked a bicycle goal. Yeah, I saw that. One of his two goals. Yep. Get excited about him. Hanrahan was pretty quiet. Taylor Miles kicked a goal again. Minchington, one for the boundary. And Pitnett, who was best on ground for the day. Mm-hmm. He got some ridiculous tally of touches. Yeah, he got 30 touches, 42 hitouts, and received the Gibbs Lions medal for his efforts. That's the, uh, the Anzac Day medal for that one. And uh, he's knocking down the door as well. Mm-hmm. Because he's still got... McAvoy and Segler ahead of him. Yep. Very, very long time to be waiting around, isn't it? It is. Do you reckon we'll see him at some point this year? I guess, well, you know, we've got 17 games to play. The, the weight of probability is on his side that he will break into the seniors at some point. But Well, I think he debuted in 2014, didn't he? Something so, like that. It's been a while. Round 2, 2014 against Geelong. I remember yeah. him running around. Yep. So it has been a long time. Now, I just want to point out that Matthew Walker... Mm-hmm. Uh, 12 disposals, two goals, three. <laughs> <laughs> Someone likes having a ping. <laughs> and you say he wears the uh, number 33 for Hawthorne. <laughs> Interesting. Now, I also want to tell you that Connor Glass has been redeployed mm-hmm. as an inside net. That's right, he has. 27 touches. 20 of those were kicks. Well, okay. Four tackles. So, uh, but I really like the stat that Harry Jones has ten tackles. So mm, he might get very a look. Impressive. He might get a look at the cousins' role against an uh, an all out of sorts Melbourne. So it's a definite possibility. So that was a nice little victory. Sort of put him to the sword during the third quarter, mm-hmm. uh, which which Max Bailey seems to be instilling into the boys. The third quarters of the premiership quarters, and <laughs> now they have a week off. Yep. Uh, the report describes uh, a rocket from coach Max Bailey at halftime, which is hard to picture, isn't it? That I mean, Hard to see Max getting too angry, but well, apparently that already looks up to him. So <laughs> Apparently that did the trick. I always like the term hairdryer for what Alex Ferguson used to deliver. <laughs> apparently like he'd that. get very, very close to their forehead. Yeah. As they, obviously they would look down. Yes. You wouldn't yeah. eyeball Alex course not. Ferguson. No. <laughs> Uh, so let's I guess we've got a few tweets here that sort of take on an examination of of the season more broadly for Hawthorne Uh, a bit of the old macrocosm eh yeah sure to Uh, tank or not to tank is that the uh, not quite that I think you've inferred that from the questions here I don't think that's what Trent Daniel or Nicholas Vines are going for what I was going for at half time (laughs) Well, here's what we heard from Trent. Uh, at Hawk Talk Pod, does this win paper over the cracks? The team is getting carried by five to six players each week, it seems. Now, this is actually a point that was raised on last week's podcast. We had the same set of blokes kind of oh, yeah, rotating Shields through. involved in those? Well, this is it. This, is, this was a bit of a difference. Now we had Shields just immediately break into that top-ranking set of players. Which and Hendo us, fell away. That's so. right. <laughs> and Warpool was a bit down as well. So, I mean... You know, it was a point of difference. It added something a little bit extra to our team this week. Uh, I mean, hopefully we can continue that unpredictability where we can have players, we can afford for players to sort of drop off a bit and have other ones step up. I really want consistency from this mob. I want consistency, but not to the same point that we have 
you know, the five I listed last week on the podcast. What was it? Um, you know, I don't just McAvoy want, or I don't just want consistency in performance. I want consistency in personnel. I think there's too many changes to the back line. I think there's too many different tweaks in the forward forward line. Eventually that will gel, but mm-hmm. it's not. And it's making it very difficult for the midfield because as soon as they've decided to attack, they have to start defending. Yep. It just comes back that quick. And they weren't any good in that first quarter at no. manning up as soon as the ball came back. We heard from Daniel at Hawk Talk Pod. Do wins like this one mask the truth about our team? Are we just hanging in there or are we a top eight side? The worst place you can finish is just outside the eight, in my opinion. Don't get a crack at the best youth and don't play finals either. At the moment, we are not playing finals. And you'd say that's probably fair enough. Yeah. I think, you know, we're just hanging in there on several levels. I think strategically, as we've discussed, something's a bit off at the moment. And yet we've still managed three wins. So, in terms of personnel, you've got Shields coming back, which might be the start of reclaiming our best 22. I mean, bar Mitchell, obviously, who we don't expect to come back. But, you know, we're kind of in this precarious balance where our season could go either way. And to be sitting 3-3, we're quite fortunate, I think. At the start of the year, I thought we would have to play better in these opening six to make finals. Mm. So I don't think we're making finals. Is that the aim at this point? Are we striving to play finals footy? Because you have to be in it to win it. And we know in this era of AFL... You we want to get a finals into those young fellas. It would be good. Yeah. It would be good, but... Also, do you, got, go, do you got go, got go out in straight sets again? Do you, do you lose an elimination final? What would be... It's nice to get game time into them, but, you know, do you want to like take a bit of a tumble down the ladder and get set for 2020 and beyond? Like, what well, is what is the goal here? We do have to sort of get one more final for Burgoyne, I think. Oh, okay. That's all about silk. <laughs> <laughs> we heard from Nicholas Vines as well. Usually, after the six games, you can sort of tell the shape of the top eight. Where do you guys see us at the moment? Is 11th a true reflection of where we're at? Absolutely. Although we've lost two games, one due to the umpires and the other one due to injuries. Could be argued. Yeah. So are we really a five and one side or not? Well, we're not, and we're not that bad either. I think the the two extremes sort of cancel each other out, and you look at where we are, eleventh. Well, this is the round where hardly any changes are made to the eight mm-hmm. from now on. Yep, it's basically set. Yep, historically speaking. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> on the data. Yes. Yep. So there were a few changes last year, including us making it. So perhaps that can happen again, but. I'm getting a little tired of Clarko telling us that everything's still in. No one really knows what they're doing. Yeah, that that line's getting old for me too at the moment. What What's he trying to do there? What is that? What's the aim of that? I mean, it doesn't impress us. What does it say to the players? Is he buying time? I can't see the motive. Yeah, it's a fair question. Yeah. Now, having said that, mm. the motive at his press conference that he gave at the airport, was absolutely clear. (laughs) Go on. In how many holding the ball free kicks there were Mm. per tackle, was it less than than 7%? Yeah, something like that. He he was armed with all sorts of statistics. And uh, Clarkson this year, more than any other year, and it's no coincidence because there's been many rule changes, significant ones at the very least, uh, it's kind of Clarkson against the game. It's Clarkson is taking on the AFL it's every chance It's not against the game. It's Clarkson as custodian. Okay, yep. Which uh, I'll is, take that. Which that is, is what the AFL don't seem to be. <laughs> they don't seem to care. Clarkson, you can tell Clarkson has a great deal of care for Australian rules football. Yeah. And uh, he realises that there are threats to it. And I don't hmm. think the AFL do. No, it's all about commercialisation. I've mentioned it before. I don't need to bang on I about it I tell you what, the VFL is, is very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Very enjoyable. The VFL... No music <laughs> for a start. Yeah. There's commentary that you can get to know and love. <laughs> Is that so? Yeah. Are we still talking about 3WBC? Yes. <laughs> Listeners. It feels so intimate. Give it a go. <laughs> you have to give it a listen. I mean, it it comes from a rich vein of Rex Hunt and... Because there are a few Rex Huntisms. Did you hear those? I did. Yeah. yeah. Like the air conveyance. You can almost say it was too casual. It's it's wonderfully casual. 
<laughs> the nephew was on the stats. Terrific. Oh, my God. I, I had to describe that. I felt that. for him. Because he'd s- obviously just been just hospital hand past the stats. Yep. And uh, roped into something he just was not at all prepared for. Completely yeah. out of his head. Don't worry, mate. You can sit in the box with us, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you're here, mate, do you want to <laughs> lend us a hand with these numbers that are coming in I tell you, fast? tell you what, he put in a couple of jokes by the end. He was, he was getting he, in he with it. He acclimatised well. Uh, I had to describe it to my dad because I said I, I listened to uh, the Box Hill coverage by yeah. 3WBC. And I described this guy, this, this 14-year-old, as... A typical fourteen-year-old, like a bit, a bit sullen, you know, the kind of kid where you know he walks in the door and the parent, you know, the parents are like, "Oh, did you have a good day? What did you get up to?" And he's like, "Oh, nothing much." Yeah. <laughs> it's that kind of kid. But when they threw to, when they threw to him, they said, uh, "How many? Who's won the centre bounces?" And there'd only been two. <laughs> I was like, "This is going to be a long day for this kid." <laughs> oh, jeez. But that kind of still it, uh, more enjoyable than BT. Yeah, because it's it's not procured for you. It's not. It's something organic. It doesn't about have it. a bow on it, you know. And everyone's sort of trying to be impressive and tell you the latest ridiculous stat that has no meaning. I mean, yeah. you just they hit, they think something is happening in the game, and you, you can you can you too can see it. <laughs> You too can see it because it's not like the television coverage, where it only covers like a fifth of the ground. Yeah, you can. Have a look behind the play, see mm-hmm. what's going on, the structures that are working, the structures that aren't working. You saying that the Channel 7 or Fox coverage has a bow on it is the closest we'll ever come to saying that it's a gift. It is not a gift, ladies and gentlemen. We'll just make that clear <laughs> right now. Well, uh, you know, it's all packaged up. It's all... Oh, it's all supposed to be very slick and... Uh, yeah. No, I know what you mean. I know like, it's... Like a snake oil. <laughs> yes. You, know, you just yeah. feel like there must be something wrong with it. And there is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it. I know it. I'm so glad you fixed that for Mitchell Lewis. We should probably tie that up in a bow and send that to him. Oh, yeah, he... that's right. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not sure I actually retweeted it. I'll go back and find it where uh, listeners I actually re edited uh, Mitch Lewis's first AFL goal. Called by BT. Yeah, it was Lewis called, Mitchell. Yeah, called by BT incorrectly, which is just unacceptable. Uh, so I went back and edited it. So, uh, yeah, there you go. I'll, I'll make sure we. Uh, and it actually that... scans. It's not like. Well done by Mitchell Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this. Don't expect too much, listeners, because there was only so much he could do with it. <laughs> like, I, you know, the, the, his surname, Lewis, just abruptly cu- like cuts off. Yeah. Because obviously it flows straight into Mitchell. <laughs> I think it's a lot better uh, than the first effort, though. It was, it was, which I'm glad. I'm glad I made the effort myself to, to write that wrong. And finally, we can head to the footy on a Saturday. Yes. At last, of course, next week we're on the 320 rotation again because Channel 7 love us, but not our song. (laughs) So true. They couldn't wait to cut away. (laughs) Thrilling finish. Here's the news. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, unfortunately, I won't be able to make the G this Saturday because at Mm. halftime on Sunday, I organised to go to Flemington rather than to the Melbourne game. Really? You made that call? I did. I mean, we were pretty bad. Yeah. I'll let you off the hook for that one. That's fair <laughs> enough. Uh, your sentiments are actually echoed by one of our listeners, Ryan, who said, how exciting it is that we finally have a Saturday day game at the G this weekend. It's uh, 1.45pm MCG uh, against Melbourne. Melbourne's hosting Hawthorne Saturday, May the 4th. And may the 4th be with us, Tiz. Yeah, that is actually the Flemington stuff. <laughs> may the 4th be with you. Oh, is that really it? Yeah, they've done that. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to take a lightsaber. Do you have one I could borrow, actually? I'll give you a lightsaber and uh, I'll be at the G enjoying a mid-strength saber. How about that? Wow. <laughs> they only do mid-strength at the G? Is that the thing? In the MCC, I, we get Oh, full. the MCC is just... Full strength. Yeah. Oh, wow. Some days you need that, don't you? If they you're a Melbourne supporter. <laughs> don't get too intoxicated. You need to look after your cheese platters. <laughs> Drunk people with knives? I don't think so. Count me out. So do you reckon the Melbourne faithful show up? I've been given no reason to. I mean, there are supporters. There, there are a supporter base that is kind of... They're famously fickle, aren't they? They're not going to show up. Fickle? They can hardly be fickle. They kept turning up for years and years. Mind you, only to watch the number one draft pick mm. in their debut get knocked out. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, they still kept showing, at least until the snowfields open. Yeah, well, that's right. They haven't had that so far. 
<laughs> Although it did snow in WA last week. So there you go. Oh, I don't think they have too many fond memories of going to WA <laughs> since last year, do they? <laughs> They'll be avoiding that. Uh, uh, I mean, this uh, according to one of our listeners, Rowan, who dubbed this the Merger Cup. Yeah, absolutely is. It still is. <laughs> yep, it will always be. I was there. Thank God we won. Oh, it was a big night. That'd be that'd be one of the best games I've attended, even even now. That's a classic. It's an all-time classic. Uh, let's look at what Melbourne have actually been doing. They were smashed by the Saints. They didn't really threaten Richmond. And for that reason, Tiz, I'm going to dub this a danger game for us. No. Yeah, I think it is. Because they'll be looking at this clash as kind of a launch pad for their season. No, they how wanna... far and how high? <laughs> okay, well, let's get a margin there, if you're so sure. <laughs> I'm not going. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people can't find you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I I think Melbourne are basically gutted that their season has got to this, and uh, perhaps this is their last hope. You're right, but well, I think we I think we're not going to be complacent. We would love to end their season after mm-hmm. they ended ours, and this is all over by the shouting. Well, if there's one lesson we can take out of this Carlton clash, is that we can't be complacent and we can't start badly. Are we going to have a? Are we going to have a game But do they actually have any IP of ours? Oh, Melbourne. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. They don't because Carlton have everything. Yeah. So. No, I, I don't think Melbourne have anything of ours. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that some of the teams that have really given us grief this year have a smidge of our IP? Coincidence? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> we'll leave that with you, listeners, to ponder. <laughs> I mean, what with the West Bulldogs, Saints, Carlton, Saints. Well, the Saints beat us. Yeah, but do they have any IP? Yeah, they've got uh, Ratten. Oh, yes, of course they do. Ratten now, yep. thought you were going to say Savage. <laughs> well, does that count? No. No. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, everyone's talking about rats keeping old what's-his-face in the job. Oh, Alan Richardson. Alan Richardson. Oh, what's-his-face. That's how irrelevant they are. You can't remember the coach's <laughs> name. <laughs> Have you seen their next couple of weeks? They've got a, they got a tough month ahead. Yeah, but it it does look like if they can main, maintain the form mm. that they should possibly play finals. Well, what about us? We've got Melbourne, and you're suggesting that would be a pretty easy walkover win. Got Giants. Oh, it'll take some effort, but eventually they'll roll over. Giants next week, I think also at the G, from memory. And who have we got after that? After that, we're off to the G again. Really? Okay. For Richmond. At 3.20 again on a Sunday. Three straight weeks in Melbourne. That doesn't seem like too bad a fixture. That gives us a bit of rhythm. And then we're off to Tassie, taking Port Adelaide down there. And then the Tiz fixture, Hawthorne against Brisbane in Brisbane. The Tiz fixture. Which he will not be attending. (laughs) Well, thank you. We thank you for your sacrifice, Tiz. (laughs) Very well done. Uh, Well, look, I mean, you you reckon we're going to beat Melbourne. I think we're going to beat Melbourne, but... God, I hope we learned a thing or two about taking Carlton too lightly. Because I think that's what it was. I don't think we can do that this week. And Melbourne will be looking to capitalise in exactly the way I said. They're going to look to rejuvenate off the back of this. Okay. You just don't You don't see it happening, do you? I saw Casey in the VFL as well. I don't see... Not much chop. Yeah. We destroyed them, didn't we? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, if we lose this, I'll be more disappointed than if we'd lost to Carlton, who are on the way up. That's very true. That's a good way of looking at it. Uh, do you want the rant? I think we need the rant. I hope it mentions mergers. I think I've done that to death at this point. I can't mention mergers again. Can we not still be angry about that? Oh, we can be angry about it. It doesn't mean it's going to get featured in the rant. <laughs> Got to be a little more imaginative. Uh, Melbourne, the team that's less hype, more absolute tripe. Oh, the irony of taking active stance on mean tweets. You've inspired more this season than anyone could have imagined. And from your own fair weather fans, no less. I mean, I can hardly blame them. The weather's fine, no snow to escape to. They're restless, they need an outlet. And you're the gift that keeps on giving, Melbourne. The competition wasn't quite ready to let go of you as an age-old punchline, and we thank you for being as funny as ever in 2019. The fact the experts had you pegged as a contender makes that little bit more hilarious too. As for this Saturday afternoon, Dees fans, you better believe our boys in brown and gold will have the last laugh, and your season will be circling the drain. Going, going, gone. So who do you think is the most relieved Melbourne supporter that they actually shit this year? 
Got to be Titus O'Reilly, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. I mean, the material. Yeah. <laughs> Think of the material. That was going down the drain. All that material, none yeah. of it useful. They were getting successful. Draft tweets by the hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's his bread and butter. Like he he knows Melbourne better than possibly anyone in the state. Yeah, he knows all the lines, all the good jokes to make. And the and the dying horse got another IV into it, <laughs> and now he can flog it for some more. Flog it a little bit, as we all will. We all enjoy doing it. So I'm just <laughs> thankful that Melbourne are that bad. <laughs> I'm so thankful. Look, uh, this is coming across as a bit cocky. So I'm now I'm fearing I might need to just. Taper it back a bit. I don't want to eat my words. Yeah, we don't have Cyril to run through Clayton Oliver this time, do we? (laughs) Do you remember how abusive the Melbourne supporters got when Cyril actually knocked him flying? Cyril wasn't a big lad. No, not at all. And he never really decided to take that upon himself very often. But apparently Clayton Oliver symbolised something he hated. It was a good hit. It was a beautiful hit. hit. Might try and put that one up on the Twitter as well, <laughs> at Hawk Talk Pod, if I can find that. I'm sure I've included it in a highlights package. You know our Cyril thing that we did? Yeah. The the, the yeah. thank you Cyril thing? Yeah, I'm sure I've had it in there, so we'll be able to find it again. Uh, okay, well, miscellaneous questions time, just to wrap up. Oh, these are the Hail Marys. I love these. Just a couple this week. Uh, TJ41 at Hawk Talk Pod asks, Tom Mitchell, 100% not playing this year. Um, we're probably not the ones to ask. We... We really have no idea. I mean, the last we heard on Tom Mitchell, he's tracking well. But can we just say that it'd be a bonus if he did, but we're not counting on it? And probably just leave it at that. What do you reckon? Yeah, I don't think he's playing. And we heard from Richie as well at Hawk Talk Pod. I know it's early, but how do we go about getting Noah Anderson into our club? He's apparently a gun. He would have been father-son if his old man had have played two more games. Um. Well, what do you want to give Melbourne for pick one? Do you reckon they would give up pick one? Oh, have they used it well in the past? Well, they would be the one club that probably would look at pick one and go, oh, no, not again. Well, no, well, they're not really going to... All this pressure and we have to pick the best bloke. They're not going to suffer through the humiliation of having to rebuild again. So they won't concede that they're rebuilding. So no. they may well give up pick one. Perhaps restumping. Restumping. Apparently that works at Frio. Oh, no, wait. Did they get a pick one from Melbourne to well, start that restumping? Yeah. Jeez, they don't look very good without Hogan, do they? All of a sudden, yeah. Yeah. Frio, Who would have thought? (laughs) Who would have thought, hey? What, their number one target? Yeah. Leaves the club and then they're something, yeah. Number one target that they did not play as a target, but they put him in the midfield and watched his body deteriorate. But anyway, Mm. yeah. And his psyche, apparently. Well, I don't think that was under their control, but they certainly didn't help. Well, no, I was going to say, they're probably not helping the guy. Uh, And now Frio second on the ladder. Bit weird, isn't it? Geelong, Frio, uh, Collingwood, and Giants. I think make up the top four. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I actually pick Frio, so I picked them for the top four for this year. Did you? Yeah, I don't okay. mind the structure. All right, fair enough. Well, that's going to do us for the uh, Hawk Talk podcast this week. Uh, get on iTunes, rate and review us. One hundred and thirty-nine ratings. Uh, tick us over to one hundred and forty, one hundred and forty-one. 145, if you can all just band together and manage it. <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying is bring the segment back so I can annoy tears. Uh, Twitter, at HawkTalkPod. Uh, well, we won't be live tweeting this game uh, as it's uh, in Melbourne. So I'll actually be there. Uh, might fire off the occasional tweet, but it won't be like the one against Carlton. Interstate games, we tend to live tweet, but uh, if it's in Melbourne, you'll see us there. Jump on Twitter anyway, at HawkTalkPod, so you can vent your frustrations about the James Cousins suspension. Uh, which at this time, we don't know if he's going to challenge it as we're recording. I would love him to challenge because he's a young man. Mm -hmm. We don't want this on his record. Seemed very remorseful at the time, Tiz. He He did. He obviously did not mean it. Nope. Uh, He he was uh, was a bit shell-shocked himself, actually. And SBS went on to play really, really well. So I thought Mm. whatever impact it had on him had to come into the uh, siding. So... It's just bizarre. I, I know we're wrapping up, so I don't want to linger on it too long, but these hits off the ball and behind the play, that they're Ten not minutes sanctioned. Later. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that they're not sanctioned as bad. No, they are sanctioned. Oh, by fines. Yes. Oh, no, great. Yeah. Yeah, no, that'll no, stop th- it. Th- That's a good deterrent. <laughs> I mean, that, that James Cousins can get a week and these other things can just go 
not unpunished, but with a, with a financial sanction, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, what are, no, it, what are they it thinking? It doesn't make sense because Cunnington gets off. And, of course, the force that Hawkins used at uh, Sicily's back is far higher than what Cousins used against and And head. clearly deliberate and off the play. It's, oh, just, it boggles the mind. I don't know what they're thinking. But, uh, look, we don't know what he's decided to do, so... Uh, Jump on and vent your spleen, whether he's decided to challenge it or not. Uh, at Hawk Talk Pod is where you want to head for that. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod. I'm sure you want my multi this week, Tiz. I know you're not going to let it go. Well, yes, I do need a bit of cash for Saturday. <laughs> it's right. You want to place down a few bets? I'm happy to help. So it's uh, Collingwood Port Adelaide, Friday uh, night? At the MCG. I'll go Collingwood. Really? Well, Port were impressive. I did watch most of that game against North, but uh, they did let North back in. Yeah, okay. No, they did. I was quite shocked, actually, that you got one right. Yeah, it was a Friday as well. Yeah. And, yeah, look uh, out. Higgins laid out. I thought, oh, he's going to get it. <laughs> Collingwood for that Friday night coming okay. up. Melbourne Hawthorne? Hawthorne. Bye. Uh, ten points. No way. No, I'm, I'm doing the Ash Brown thing again. Oh, Scrimshaw kicked five. Not careful. <laughs> Scrimshaw almost had one on the weekend. I know. It was so close. It was. I thought it was through. Yeah, same. Was that the first quarter? Uh, might have been. Because yeah. it looked really unlucky. Yeah, no, it was very close. The commentators thought it was through as well. Shades of Birchall. <laughs> he did used to do that with a stunning regularity. Yeah. And Gera, remember that? Yeah. Gera, Gera. I just call him Goo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Giants, Saints. Uh, Giants. Manuka Oval. Yeah, Giants. Brisbane, Sydney. After Longmire apparently baked paint off the walls <laughs> at the end of that game. Uh, no, I'm comfortable going with Brisbane with what Sydney are putting up at the moment. Gee, I felt sorry for Toby Green too. He got booed. Oh, no. That was awful. Is he going to be okay? I think he'll be okay, judging by that goalie kick from the boundary line. What a screamer. <sighs> Gee, there's some talent on that GWS list, isn't sorry, there? Sorry, I just... I mean, I feel for Toby Green, but it's society that I'm worried about. <laughs> Dogs, Tigers. Um, ooh, uh, Tigers. Marvel. Yep, Tigers still. Eagles, Suns. Eagles. Carlton, North. Oh, oh that's a tough one, actually. Oh, no. You're going to turn up for that one? <laughs> oh, Is it Marvel? I would like nothing more to, than to revel in north's loss but i won't be there uh i'm going to i liked what i saw with carlton i'll go carlton cats versus the bombers at the g cats really yeah just like that yeah just like that but this is the bombers best team since 2014 according to one kevin Sheedy. are we still listening to him and this is the country game or something <laughs> <laughs> the AFL marketing department, yeah. the country game or something. They had two uh, Cats players holding sheep or lambs. Yeah. Right? And then in the middle, they had uh, one of the Essendon players. Zach player. Merritt, wasn't it? Holding uh, a cat. They're holding a cat. <laughs> the like, famous, famous farmyard animal. <laughs> the house cat. On that farm, he had a cat. <laughs> Surely you give the cat to a cat. Well, well, that, there's a point I didn't make myself when I saw it. Yeah. Well done. Adelaide Dockers. Uh, still one more game. I thought we were done. Um, uh, oh, Dockers. Ooh. It's, an, it's an, in Adelaide, isn't it? Gee, they're finishing top four if you've got anything to do with it. Don't they? <laughs> All right. Well, I know I'm sticking, I'm sticking with that. The Dockers in Adelaide. Do they ever play well there? I actually have no idea if they do or not. That's a complete... How would any Victorian know, to be honest? That's a complete Hail Mary for me. I have no idea if the Dockers ever play well in Adelaide, but I'll tip them anyway. How do you rate my chances this week? As well as I rate them. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> That's not encouraging. I think on that note, we leave it. So, uh, what is it? One forty-five this Saturday. Not quite traditional, but close as we're going to get all season, <laughs> I think. One forty-five at the MCG, Melbourne hosts Hawthorne. And uh, we'll catch you there. Except for Tiz, who's going to be doing something else. We are a happy team in all the <laughs>